So turn off your television sets, turn them off now, turn them off right now, turn them off and leave them off, turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now, turn them off! D, how's it going? I'm good. Y'all can see Ronnie tried to dress like me. Yeah, I, see it, I right? didn't. I did. I did not. I most it. definitely <laughs> not. This is try to co- get coordinate. No, most definitely. He tried it. He tried this, it. Don't this was not it. planned at all. This it is was, not planned. It wasn't at all. planned, but he knew that I was wearing this, and he decided he was going to try to dress like me. Just so y'all know. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad to be talking about this show because. Just in case you don't know, I think Barry Jenkins is one of the most important filmmakers right now. So when I heard that he was doing this show, I said, hey, D, Barry Jenkins is going to be doing Underground Railroad. We should get into this. On top of that, you should actually go and read the book. So before we actually get into the show, um, now that you've like recently read the book, um, you want to like talk about like the novel itself for a brief second? I do. I do. I want to say that it's brilliant. Like, I want to start with that. And it is brilliant in a way that takes um, Black stories. And I know we talk a lot about trauma and Black pain and all of that. And it's fair because we, you know, we see a lot of it. But these are stories that need to be told because these are our stories. And even though we don't like them, trying to gloss it over and pretend it didn't happen doesn't help anybody. And if it's done um, without the torture porn, if it's done without these made-up scenarios, because, I mean, all of it is, you know, to a point, imagination. But imagination based on fact helps a whole lot. And I really think that that's what it's done. It's done it brilliantly. And the thing I was telling you, I'll tell y'all what I told Ronnie, it felt like you wanted it to be a fairy tale, but Colson does such a good job of making you remember that that is not what this is, Mm -hmm. that it is painful, but it's reality and you know it. So even though you want it so bad, (laughs) so badly, for it to be this ending that you've written in your mind, every time you get settled, every time you feel a little bit of peace, here come Ridgeway ass. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it just it just makes you like feel like this is exactly what they were going through. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so, really good though. As far as the book as a whole, superb. Did you win the Pulitzer? Yes, yes, it did. It, it 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 won awards across the board. So, um, of course, if you know what I do for a living, I have to remain abreast when it comes to <laughs> new literature. So, this book came out in 2016. I um I read it a, a little bit late. I read it like half a year later, but um I picked it up, flipped through the pages quickly. I was like, wow, this is because this is my first Colson um, Whitehead novel. So. Um, what an introduction to his work. I, I was like, I can never do anything this well. Um, anybody else who wants to write a book, they should stop here because you will never be as good as Coast and Whitehead. So, no, I, I'm saying it. that directly. Like, seriously, this is, this it. is it. So, so Barry Jenkins, um, he wanted to um, adopt a adapt, excuse me, another one of Coast and Whitehead's novels that didn't quite work. So when he read this novel, he was like, nah, this is the one. This is coming right off Moonlight. So he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the one. I got to do this. And um, who better to adapt this novel than Barry Jenkins, the, the magnificent writer and director. So I'm glad to have these two yeah. brilliant people come together to work on this project. But, um, but that's D, his boy, you, by the way. Barry Jenkins, yeah. that's his hands. Like, yeah, yeah. 100 grand. <laughs> 
But Dee, when we were talking about the novel, you mentioned something interesting that I want to um, talk about. And every time a project like this is dropped, like there are people who say, oh, we get so many slave movies. We, it's all it's just torture porn. It's black trauma. So, um, so D, I I want you to talk about like black trauma in relation to this novel. You briefly touched on it, but um reading reading the novel and and watching um the majority of the show now um how do you feel this this work of art handled black pain and black trauma i want to add that i want to say that i was one of those people so put that in perspective i am one of those oh my gosh not again i can't deal with it i'm so tired of it i was one of those people so i don't want y'all to think that i'm judging anybody for trying to stay away from this I can't even call it a genre because it's not a genre, but this part of history, I get that. Like we have enough going on in our real lives right now than to watch, you know, um, what's the real one? Dramatizations of what happened in the past. I get it. However, I do honestly think that these stories are important, especially since I just saw a tweet of somebody saying that the, um, that the, the shifts there was no way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone said there was no way that like the transatlantic slave trade did not happen. Like there's no way. How on earth did people lie on top of each other for months on end and make it, it completely ignoring the fact that a lot of them did not. A lot of them were and I want to put if I'm not mistaken, the book touches on that how there was a ship that went that did not make it. Everybody on the ship was sick and died. They just set the bitch on fire. Like, that's just what happened. So it's not like it's a thing where every every group of slaves that were that were attempted to be transported, made it, and everything was fine. You have to put into perspective of how many people <laughs> they stole and how many of that many made it. It wasn't many at all. And then of those people, they were sick. So that is the point where it comes to breeding. I think that people need to really get into that. Like they brought the people over. There weren't enough. So they immediately were like, okay, go make more. Go make more. Because we didn't get as many of you as we wanted. So go make more. They treated them like animals, literally. Cattle, branding them and all that good stuff. So the book in itself, it, it reminds you of all these things without being the rape story because I have seen a lot a whole lot and that's what I think triggered me the most when it comes to it that whenever there's a tra- a, a slave story there's going to be a rape like there, it's, it's just hmm. no question it's going to happen and there's still a way I think to do it without making it porn like you hmm. can you can very well and and Barry does as well you can you can tell us the viewer that this thing is happening without showing us that it's happening we know like you don't, you don't have to, and people tend to do that. They just have to show you step by step by step how long it took, how many times it happened, how many people, and it's just, we don't need it. So I very, very much appreciate the fact that he didn't gloss over the fact that that happened, but he didn't like shove it down our throat because there's no question. You can show us one person or tell us that one person on the plantation was being sexually assaulted. And now we know that it's all of them. Like this person isn't special or whatever. You don't have to show us that like the slave or the overseer went from this cabin to this one, to this one, to this one. We, we get it. We get it. And I think he understands that. 
I do really, really like the fact that they um well this is this is away from the book. We'll get into it. But to answer your question, the book itself, I think it's just very, very tastefully done. There there's care about how the children were treated, even in the brutality. There's care to how the women were treated, the men, all of it. There's still very much attention to give us enough detail without making it grotesque. And I think that's that's a talent in itself. And he did it very, very well. Because you still have to tell the story, right? Like mm-hmm. you you need to say these things happen, but you can say it in a way that doesn't make people's flesh crawl or like, you know, cringe as much. And I think he did a great job. And it was very descriptive still, like mm-hmm. <laughs> very. But it's not like every chapter he had to show us this this thing happened. This thing happened because we already knew, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I want to follow that up with with two things. First of all, I do agree that um, and and for whatever reason, there there is a such thing as showing like too much black trauma. Like I I do think like black stories that are being told is too lopsided, but that doesn't make any like those stories being told any less important. The problem is that when these stories are told, the, the, the violence is the story. Like it, it's all about the beatings and the whippings and um, very, um, because by the way, in comparisons to like novel and the work, um, the, the beating that Cora took for grabbing the cane is much worse in the book, but you don't need to, you don't need to know that. You just need to know she stepped in to save this boy. When he does show you someone oh, getting whipped, Exactly. When, 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 and when he does show you someone getting whipped, it's serving the story. It's, it's, it's showing you how savage these people are that are watching this. Now going to the, the slave story part, um, like you said, obviously, like we don't know enough about like slave history and, and in general. So I don't feel like there's too much slave literature. Like it, it would be the same as like someone of, um, of of the Jewish faith saying like oh all these World War II movies like it's not too it's not too much there are so many stories within that that can be told yeah right again and and for 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 me personally like I'm not ashamed of like my heritage because like these are the, like some of the most brilliant and resilient and strong strongest people came out of this like we got hymns out of this we got food out of this we got holistic medicine out of this so these people against like some of the toughest like conditions they found a way to survive and that's nothing to be ashamed of so like you said um both mr mr whitehead and mr jenkins they done they they you know they found a, a tasteful way to do these things so i think they really honored like these stories and um they they made it true but not in a way where it's like disparaging or like or distasteful. So I, I like the way they handle that. But I would like to shift to how um, certain atrocities were were um, were handled, and we could talk about that more. Like um, I, I mentioned the the grabbing the cane. So like for instance, like jockey's party. Like when you saw we saw the Randalls and and just how it was like a game to them. Like what do you think about that? It. <laughs> We, are we on the show now? We we yeah, yeah, we, we, we are on the show now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the show. All right, the good thing is I want to point out that Barry did a a good job with keeping the source material very very close. There's not like the there's not this thing where you know how Hollywood takes the worst parts of the book and makes it better for the audience. He doesn't do that, so we're gonna sit pretty close. All right, the 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 show itself, like um, with with 
Cora and uh, Chester. That's the little boy. Um, with Jockey in itself, Jockey is is a person who has been at the plantation from what I understand forever. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe he was born there, but he's if I understood it correctly, he's probably about fifty five to sixty years old. Which, which is which is old in slave years. Like which that's is not old. That's, like so that's, old yeah. that like to them he's like a hundred. Mm-hmm. That that's how you can like do it's it's almost like dog years, right? Like mm-hmm. this is how it's done. Which which in itself is evil, but we'll get to it. But the the thing that I think hurts the most is that they are taking they're finding a way to have joy in the midst of this misery. And Terrence, who's the the mo- the evil of the two, I mean, okay, first of all, both of them are evil. Let's put that out there. If you own slaves, you're evil. That's it. Doesn't matter how mm. you treat them. You own people, you're evil. Great. All right. But of the two evils, I would you would rather have James, <laughs> I think, than Terrence. And the reason I say this is because there's a part of James I think that understands morale in a way. You cannot do anything without morale. There's, there's nothing that will survive if people are miserable. So he gives them little pieces of joy and allows Jockey to decide when that happens. Jockey has a birthday whenever he feels like it because why not? And I think a part of that is that Jockey's been there so long he can tell when it's time. Like mm-hmm. the spirits are down. Let me lift them. It's my birthday. So everybody knows when it's Jackie's birthday, it's time to have a good time. But Terrence cannot stand joy on a plantation. Like he he can't stand it. And not only that, he's he takes pleasure in belittling them because he made it a point to make to like to remind Jackie that this is not your birthday. Keep that in mind. This is not your birthday. And it's not your birthday because you don't even know when your birthday is. And if you did know when it is, because you told me it's a date, it's not that date either. So whatever you know and it's just it's just they showed us very quickly how cool he is because he is he is just just full out cool and the the point where he um when he when chester was shaking his hand apologizing as soon as that wine slipped my husband hasn't read the book as soon as that wine slipped he was like oh (laughs) like see that's that panic immediate panic knowing that something has to happen for something so small. But there's a part of you that's like, oh, he's a child. He'll let, nope. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that they showed you immediately that he does not care. Like the smile on his face when Cora came, to me, it was almost like, oh, I get to be two now. It wasn't like, how dare she? It was like, oh, it's cool. Now I get to be the child and this girl. And then they got whipped after it. So it's, it's, I'm not sure what James's sexuality has to do or if it means anything. Um, I think it is important that they made it a point to show us. Um, And that may be something like there may be just like part of him that is they're trying to show us that he's a little softer or something. I don't know. And Terrence is maybe overcompensating. I don't know. Or maybe he's just evil. I can't tell. But they they do a good job of showing us like how evil a man could be, and we'll get to Anthony because I don't I don't know how anybody could be worse than that. But for now, like as far as Cora and Jackie and Chester, they show, they gave us a good point right there to show us how bad he was, and even James because mm-hmm. he was slick, this and him too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that um so so like you said, they 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 took something like from what well, they being Barry his team took something from the book and made it like uh, like palatable palatable for TV without like removing like a lot of that intended meaning or, or impact because it was still bad but it was done so in a way that okay this isn't all of this is about there are like several strings here and like you mentioned you get the dynamic between the brothers you get um because you you get the like the different styles of like how they feel like a, a plantation should be ran that was able to come through because we weren't focusing on this like brutal beating i think that's important the way they presented that but um but you mentioned big anthony so we might as well move on to, to big anthony now because that mm-hmm. was a that was a a big one and um i do think it was a, important to show big anthony running away first because you got to see what was at risk if you know the, basically the risk that Cora and Caesar will be taking later in this episode, you got to see that. So talk about um the the big Anthony scene in particular, um the the dinner party that was happening after he was captured. I'm gonna talk about the capture. I'm gonna let you talk about the dinner scene. Okay. Okay, okay. I think that is that is spot on as far as the the point of uh, them showing us Anthony because it shows us if you if you can't really tell, it shows us really three different perspectives. Okay, so we get to see Anthony's point of view because he's just having a day. This is arguably the most fun day they get to have on the plantation, and Anthony was still like, "No, <laughs> no, I'm leaving today. Like I cannot take anymore. I'm gone." But he runs away, and you see the urgency. Like even throughout the day, you know, he's kind of trying to blend in and just have a, you know, walk around and there's a woman who sees him and there's a part of me that's like, she knows, she knows he's up to something, but of course she's not going to say anything. But it it also tells us that he had to be free. Like there is a point where he just was like, I, I cannot, I cannot take this anymore. This, if this is the joy that we have, if this is what we have to look forward to, I can't do it. This, this is all we get. While everybody else is celebrating, he's like, this isn't enough. This will never be enough. And this is all we'll ever have. So he runs. Now, when he comes back and after the brutality that <laughs> Ronnie will tell y'all about, it clearly shows. Because if you remember the, the beating when Cora and Chester were getting their lashings, they made it a point to show us that Caesar wouldn't look away. And I think that's a that's not necessarily a, a a show of strength or he's you know I've seen it all before bravado. I think it's one of those things where I'm going to look at this so that if I ever have any doubt or if I think I can stay here, this is the image that will make me remember that I cannot stay here. Mm-hmm. Like look at what they are doing to this woman. And there's a part of me that thinks that he's already in love with her for whatever reason. Like you know, it could just be a thing where he he saw her and he just felt something for her but he's like this is the woman I love and a child that she protected this is what they're doing to her I need to look at it I need to have it ingrained so that when I get ready to go I can go and there will be nothing to stop me because I will remember this and then from the slave owner's point of view it is I'm going to be as brutal as I can be to show y'all that you cannot run from me and if you do run from me this is what happens 
And then of course, Cora, it's like, I can't, I can't protect anybody here. I can't protect the people I love. I can't even protect myself. So I have to go. Now, Anthony, Ronnie, have at it. And with Anthony, we get, you know, Ridgeway and Homer. <laughs> we'll get home. <laughs> yeah, so the the dinner party was important to show. This, and this is what I mean by when the the show shows you violence is not gratuitous. It actually serves a purpose because it's like the juxtaposition of having like this brutal beating happening. But at the same time, you're entertained by people playing like violin and at a dinner party. And the most important thing to come out of this is the conversation. Like there's one guest at the dinner party who's like, how can you eat when a man is being savagely beaten behind us? And then Terrence Reynolds is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who said this is a man? This this is this is merely property. <laughs> where's and, the man? Yeah, he was like, "Where's the? I don't see a man <laughs> behind <laughs> us. I don't. Where's the? Where's the man bit? But but yeah. Um. So we immediately get like just the ideology, and and with that we get um the justification for it all because um Mr. Randall before he um finishes um big anthony he reads a passage from the bible so it just goes to show you how the the savagery like that savagery like they will go through any lengths to try to justify it like that was a like important piece so the like even even with all of that savagery going on like we still get important like details about like just their mindset and, and how they would think back then to try to justify this and on top of it, it is, it's, it's like you said, how can you eat? There is no way, there is not a way that I could watch a, like, I, I can't watch torture of anything or anyone and eat, even if the people deserve, and I'm putting up air quotes, deserve it, right? There's, there's nothing about me that takes pleasure in watching people suffer, right? Um. And that just goes to show that not only are they evil people because they think that that these people are less than, they're evil just because, right? Isn't it psychopaths that like that can torture animals because they feel nothing? Yeah, yeah. That is that is the level that he is on. Because make no mistake, this is torture. This is not this is not just a um a justification of of me showing you or punishment for something you've done because punishment is the crime, right? There, there's, there's nothing you can say that would justify you beating this man literally all day, the whole day, then set him on, setting him on fire while making other people watch. There's nothing about it. And then to put into topic, <laughs> add insult to injury. They're eating and having a blast. Like this is the exhibition. Like, look at the entertainment I've given you this evening. Barbecued man, and there. And I think the thing that made me so sick to my son is the woman that he got up and they just dancing. I'm like, how? Yeah, how? Just... how? How? How are you getting joy out of this? I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand it. And I'm glad because I don't want. Mm. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wanted to ask you though, what are you what are your thoughts about um prideful? Because you know, as as Connolly was the one that was whipping Chester, it was prideful that was whipping Cora. And it seemed to me that that they showed him say something to her over time. And I'm not sure if that was 
because he knows her, you know, he knows his mom, her mom and the story behind it, or if there's a level of guilt because of what he had to do to her. Yeah, there is a level of guilt because um, like jumping ahead a little bit when um, when Terrence Randall goes into the fields and he like, you know, touches her face. My prophet was like, are, are we good, boss? Are we good? And then, and then, and then, you know, Terrence Randall says back to prophet was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. So, so, I, so, so make no mistake, like prideful knows his, um, his place in all of this. Like he knows his place, but I think seeing what happened at the, at the party and what he had to later do to, to Cora, I think even he was like, Hey, this is kind of too far. So yeah, I do think he starts to like carry a, a bit of guilt, even though he, he's well aware of his place in all of this. Because it means that makes, that makes Cora's punishment threefold, right? She gets the punishment because she's beat with the cane. She's beat the next day by the whip. And, and make no mistake, you don't get lashings and then once it's over, it's done. Those are open wounds that have to heal, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have medicine. I'm sure there's fever. There's possible infection. All mm-hmm. of these things that you have to go past. So this is months after you have a lesson that you have to heal. Weeks at, at the least. And then he goes to the to the field to touch her face. And make no mistake, that was him marking his property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's now like, now you, you've been beaten twice. And now I'm going to, you know make you do whatever else I want you to do now. Like now you're my target and you're 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 already my prisoner. You already have to do what I say, but now I want to make sure you know what's next. Mm-hmm. For sure. He is evil. Like it's oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. And, and I think I think that moment was the the catalyst for for Cora to because she wasn't buying like the the good luck charm and stuff for at, at first, but but I think that was the catalyst for her to to like turn to Caesar, be like, okay, we need to go. But um, Caesar was reading like a, a very important book, like it's like, and I think there's of course some significance here. Like nothing is like by by chance in this novel. So he was reading Gulliver Travels, or um, as it's known, um, Travels to Remote Nations, I think, um, was the title of the book. So, so, so D, like, um, and when we were talking about this show, I said, it's, it's a fantasy book, but the, the reality, the reality of it all won't allow it to rise to, to like fantasy level because it's, it's, you know, the, the reality just pulls it down, like back to reality. So, um, what do you think is the parallels between like Gulliver's trap Gulliver's travels and maybe like um and, and by the way, there's something in episode two that we have to get to according to you know according to this, but uh what do you think is the significance between like um the passages that he was reading out of Gulliver's travels and like his experience on, on the, the plantation? Yeah, the biggest one, of course, being the the passage he read to Cora about how the bigger you are, the meaner you have to be. Mm-hmm. And she immediately was like, like white folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it 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 is it's significant in a way that that is the way people have made things, but you don't have to be evil because you are because you can. It's almost like a just because you can doesn't mean you should type thing but that's perfect that's a perfect parallel to what he's dealing with because because parents his status has now been elevated because of course before he was just the 
the master for the South of mm-hmm. the southern, the southern part of PlayStation. Of course, that's not lost because the South is the, the most brutal and the North, right? So he's now Lord of the whole thing. And it's, it's showing them that whatever atrocities they faced before is not even close to what they have now. And he made it mm-hmm. a point to tell them that you can ask your, you know, your friends about it in the South, but make no mistake. Yeah, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Ain't no, more, ain't no more parties. We ain't doing this. And then, like on his maybe third day, is when he executed Anthony. Out of ran too. Like I just, <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, and I want you to make. I want you to point out um, what he did to Caesar, because a lot of the times, like I said, there's a lot of rape that we see in the um, in the novels and stuff. And many people think about it because of the women, right? Because it's what mm. that's what is this what's shown a lot. And we think the brutal, the overseer comes and then, you know, forces himself on the woman and makes her breed and all this stuff. But we a lot of times don't think about men because if you hear he was raped, you mostly think that he was assaulted by a man, another man in a certain fashion. But make no mistake, what he what Terrence did to Caesar and his her counterpart was it Felicia maybe or Francis? I think it's Felicia. Yeah, but her the one who was like, yeah. Look, we gotta have sex, like we got to. That is rape. Parents mm-hmm. raped both of them, like he did. And yes, they had to have sex with each other, but parents forced them. So he raped them both by making them complete that action in. Like with, with Terrence, I mean, not Terrence, but with Caesar crying about it, it's not necessarily just him being bred as cattle. It is him being sexually assaulted by a man mm-hmm. that he could do nothing about. And mm-hmm. then forcing him to do that to someone else, knowing that's not what she wanted. Neither one of them wanted to do it, but he had to. And also with the thought that my baby could be coming into the world. So now that's another mm-hmm. thing you have to think about when he did before. Because I'm, I'm about to run away. I ain't got time mm-hmm. to be thinking about a child here. But he had no choice. So it's like, again, Terrence is just putting evil on top of evil on top of evil. And it is insane. And then, of course, Ridgeway ass comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's let's uh, let's actually get into that. So that's uh, a change in the novel that I actually quite appreciate. Like we get introduced to Ridgeway like a lot sooner than than expected. So uh, how do you feel about this? Like the meeting um, when when Ridge, Ridgeway had to introduce himself to to Cora and and basically say like, oh, like you, you have that anger and you, you need to remove that because that's going to be your downfall. I, I like the fact that Ridgeway is a central character because, again, he's very important in the book. And like you said, we don't get to him until later. Like, we, we know who he is, but we don't mm-hmm. get to him until after. Mm-hmm. Is it like South Carolina? Is that when we get to him? I, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's important, I think, that they're setting a president early about Ridgeway's character because the book kind of shows us who he is. We know he's a slave catcher, but they kind of throw you off a little because of Homer. They show us that Homer mm-hmm. is this boy, that he's acquired, but immediately set him free because mm-hmm. I don't believe in owning property. So like, okay, well, maybe he's not so bad. But <laughs> you remember, oh shit, he's a slave catcher. Of course he's bad. 
and he has a a very particular habit of saying it when referring mm-hmm. to African American people or black people. I won't say African American to black people, and it's purposeful. And I just I just really like how he interacted with Cora because much of the book is there there like cat and mouse, I guess you could say, Roadrunner and and Coyote, and Tom and Jerry, like on site <laughs> with the two of them. Of course, one having the other hand, but in a miraculous way of events, you know, maybe he doesn't have the other hand. No, no. Oh, yeah, we got to get to episode two because they changed something in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to I want to cover the. Um, there's one more change I wanted to to talk about before we we close out this recap, and um, it, it was like a Leo DiCaprio meme. Like if you read the novel, because you were like, so so when they're going when they're going through the swamp, there's like a montage of like different like things, and then the the camera slowly pans. By the way, shout out to um, Barry Jenkins, um, frequent collaborator collaborator um james laxton because the camera movements are just but that the camera slowly pans and you see a snake we'll, we'll talk about what that means later but you should read the book but but yeah i just wanted to, i just wanted to mention that um because i i wanted to say this about this too um i'm typically against um changing the source material if it serves no purpose but just like with the watchman if um, a creator can like get in between the source material and like string together and like create like a context of things that weren't there and make it like um like basically because it's hard to take something from like the physical like medium to like tv like to mm-hmm. like so we can see it so adding little touches like that like very appreciated like it was it was amazing to see that snake because the moment i saw that snake i was like uh-huh uh-huh because I, so, I thought she saw a body that was my thought she I, was I, I, I thought it was going to be a body too but it was it was the snake so yeah. we'll talk about um, what the snake means yeah we will but um before we before we leave it too we need to talk about sam and lovey i mean not sam fletcher and love you. We do, we do. So um I do like because I, I'm watching this. Um so I was watching as someone who had read the novel, but at the same time I was watching as if like this was my introduction to it. Mm-hmm. So I like the way they did Fletcher because they didn't hold your hand and tell you who Fletcher was. Like mm-hmm. when he so when Caesar meets Fletcher, you're like, <laughs> what is this about? Wait. This another slave bastard. What's, what's happening? Exactly, exactly. But but yeah, I really like the way they they set up that because like you see that initial meet with Fletcher, and I don't even think there are any words in that scene. But then, but then we see we see Fletcher later in the episode, and we're like, oh, this is who he is, and it and it ties back to that Gulliver Travels passage where Caesar is talking about you know those who have names is like I'm paraphrasing, but those who have names live on, but the nameless, you know, they don't exist. So mm-hmm. like, so Fletcher then takes their name. And of course, Fletcher was the one who gave Caesar go for his travels in the first place. So excellent touch. And um, the thing with, the thing with Lovey, like just as reading the novel, it was, it was so tough for me. I was like, Lovey, what are you, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You get it because of course mm-hmm. she wants to be free too. Like of mm-hmm. course she does, but <laughs> I don't know what she. I just can't. I can't. I'm laughing only because I'm like, 
I guess to keep from crying because I'm thinking, Lovey, what? I get it. I, I know you want to go away. You want to run. But she said it like they were going to the store. I'm going where y'all going. Nah, nah, no, you, nah. you can't go. You. But on the other hand, Cora is going to look out for her people the best mm-hmm. she can. And she's mm-hmm. like, does he know I'm coming? She, you know, two, three, whatever. She's coming. Two, two is better. And, yeah, same as one. And and I think I'm like, well, what option did they have at that point? If you send Lovey back, she Lovey's dead. Like, she, at this point, she's dead. She's either going to escape or she's going to die. Because if she goes back to the plantation, they're mm-hmm. going to beat it out of her or they're not going to believe what she says or they're going to set another example of if you help or you know something and you don't say something, then this is what happens. Because again, Terrence is evil. But it just, it just leads up to a lot because even though we saw Connolly, his fat ass, digging through the garden, they made it a point to say, Fletcher made the point to tell them the girl is what got y'all mm-hmm. on the trail in the first place. Now, the question I have is I know in the book, the reason Cora was pulled from the house was because another of her, another slave made a deal. And I'm assuming that's who was in there with Connell. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. But they don't show who it was. Are they trying to like make us think that it was Lovey? I don't. I or think. No. It, I I feel like it, it it was one of the Hob women, but I don't think it was Lovey. Okay. Oh, and one more thing. Um, I wanted to bring up. Was it Hezekiah? Was that his name? Yeah, Hezekiah. Hezekiah. So, so yeah, they they are definitely like suggesting. Okay. 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 Like, you, you're not alone on that one. You're not alone on that one. Okay. Just want to make sure because yeah. like I said before, they made it a point to show us that James had certain mannerisms, and then. There's no reason for this young child to be with you away from his mother and everybody else. Mm-hmm. No reason other than something awful. And even though, again, they're, they're they're making us decide whether that happened or not. To me, it's important because, again, it shows you just because Terrence is evil, it's more brutal. Doesn't make James's any less. Also, yeah. don't let it be lost on you that. um this is a plantation where Negroes aren't allowed to like read or basically have any outside knowledge. But there was once a boy who could recite the Declaration of Independence. And I wonder how he learned that. How do you think he learned it? What you think happened? Who taught it to him? I'm just saying. saying. Yeah. Because parents knew it pretty easy, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. 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 Right quick. Okay. Yep. Yep. So just, just saying. Just saying. Anyway, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's all we have. I think. It's, um, did you have any closing remarks for the George episode? No, I think that's pretty much it. We, I think we covered everything. Um, I want Connolly to die. I want yeah. Terrence to die. Yeah. Uh, I want Ridgeway to die. I want James. Well, he's he's dead, thankfully. Uh, I don't know how I feel about home. Like I, 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 I've never. Okay, I will say this though. I have never been less interested in what happened to a child than to what happened to the child that tried to get Cora. It is what it is. Yes. Um, Just want to say that because we want to add add that made her, uh, now they've got another reason because now she's a murderer. Just want to put that out there because that's going to be an important thing throughout the rest of it. She's not just a runaway. She murdered a child, a white child. Fuck them kids. But that's um, all we have for the Georgia episode. We're going to take a brief a brief break and then we'll come back for episode two, which is entitled South Carolina.
Peace. Peace. All right.